I'm at the quad bar with Iran Kolurin. We're just recording with the ambiance. It's fun. You guys can hear what it sounds like in quad cinema right now. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this. How do you feel about the thank release you. so far? Thank you, Sean, for having me here. Oh, I'm very happy, actually. Um, I think Cohen Media, the distribution guys. Oh. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I said it on the thing that, like, we're just recording. And yeah, we're in so the I bar just got my. People are here, and it's fine. It's like, why, why do we need to be perfect? We're not in the studio. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, so Whatever. I just got my tea. Perfect. Uh, what kind of tea? Yeah, welcome tea. Uh, it's cold outside. It is freezing. If you're in New York tonight, it's well, it's Friday night, and it's like wow. it's it's going to be like zero tomorrow. I heard. Yeah. yeah it's saying it's 14 right now. Feels like nothing. It's oh my god, it's going to be five tomorrow. Wow. So anyhow, I'm pretty happy. I mean, good reviews came out today for the film. The reviews are awesome. Yeah. I was just reading Ebert. It like, was amazing review. Yeah, it was uh, the reviews were very, uh, very good, and and most important is that you know people are coming. I, mean, um, I was missing watching people coming to the cinema again because yeah. that's the place to see films. So I'm really happy that it's kind of happening again. Mm. Mm. When was the last time you showed films like with people? Um, uh, with this film. Uh, uh, it was released in France about like uh, half a year ago, so I think I've watched it uh, in cinemas there, and uh, that was the last time that I remember now. And then you were you showed this in Cannes in twenty twenty one. Yes, right? it was in Cannes in the Southern yeah. Guard in twenty twenty one. And that was like kind of a wild experience, right? <laughs> yeah, Cannes is is fun. <laughs> it's always uh, fun. I had. Uh, you know, they lost all my baggage. The connecting flight was off. <laughs> I was sleeping on the floor at oh some airport. And I felt so, you know, like the next day I'm going to walk up the stairs in a red carpet. A red carpet <laughs> and everything. And here I'm, I'm sleeping on the floor. That's a movie. <laughs> that's a metaphor. Yeah, right but there. that's like life. So it's yeah. cool. You shouldn't think everything is cream. <laughs> wow. No, it's funny. I mean, you know, it's part of, it's a microcosm of the experience of like, I guess, you know, cinema in general. I don't know if it was ever any different, but certainly right now there's still the perception of, you know, the, the aura around the the, mad, the majestic, you know, all, all the glitz and glamour of the red carpet and, and the reality of what actually making movies and yeah. putting them out is like. Yeah, but it's also as equally important as this experience like in this cold winter day that we're sitting <laughs> in and you... You just walk in the street and then you turn into a cinema and you have this little warm place and you gather with other people and you're watching a film. There's nothing like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. For me, too. I mean, yeah. for me, the most important thing is uh, I, I've personally put a lot of focus on, you know, just getting people into, into these rooms with four walls and yeah. one of them with a light on it, you know? And <laughs> there's a certain special experience that, that I grew up with and I think we've started um, you know I don't know if we've I don't know if we've done right by the audiences over the last chunk of years you know we've kind of 
taking it for granted that people are just going to come, you know, but they won't necessarily. They'll stay at home unless we make it really enriching and beautiful. But it's wonderful yes. that you've been here like every night this week for your release. That's the best. That's yeah, so I'm cool. here. I'm meeting the, the crowd. I'm answering questions. There's a, as you said, you know, it's like um, sometimes I kind of think of myself, you know, if I was a mu musician, I would travel yeah. <laughs> at cities and I would meet the people. I would yeah. play for. So it's kind of the same with the film. It's made, as you said, you know, it's not about you know being sure that everybody would come it's um, i'm here to to make this dialogue i'm i'm happy to be here i'm happy to m discuss with people about the film it's it's about this interaction so yeah, yeah. Do you, what did you learn this week what did i learn this week um because when you show it to audiences you know with space like like you know you started showing the film a year ago yeah and now your, you know, you had space from making it, and now it's theirs. They own it. This audience now. <laughs> and what did they, what did they teach you this week? I don't want to. I mean, just nothing comes to my mind. I'm oh, no, sure. Okay. I'm sure I was. I'm sure I was taught something. Or what maybe? did you feel from? You know the interactions you had with you also showed some of your you know the band's visit and it's been a full retrospective of your work yeah, yeah it's pretty cool i think that i think that you know with this film with that it be morning which is you know it's a film about a siege it's a film about a place kind of getting close and about darkness that comes in so watching it in the cinema again it's that experience of cinema when you are, you know, every, you have like, I don't know, 60, 70 people sitting together and, and you know, and they are together like thrown into the darkness of this film because this film has a lot of dark scenes and scenes which are candlelit and there is some kind of an experience which I think the film works on a, on a much stronger level than if you would watch it, I don't know, at home. And um, so I was just rem reminded of, of that, of this specific quality of the film. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's magic, you know. Yeah. What do you think about, does being in New York City in particular mean anything? Being, you know, a Palestinian Jew, like, be, and showing film in New York City, like, with the Jewish population here, like, does that... I don't know, does that inflect anything upon you? Like, is the Judaism of New York City, mm. do you have any feelings on that? Does that hit you in any particular way? I'm a, I'm a fourth generation New York City Jew, and we have a yeah. place in Tel Aviv as well. And, you know, I think a lot about these things, about like, this is kind of my second home, but that's also, that's my first home, you know? Well, there's um, it's an interesting question because... I think we are, our identities are at the end of the day a morbid live thing, you know, it's, there's many layers to it and your identity is always in some kind of conversation yeah. with the world, the definition is never strict, there is uh, always some osmosis, some diffusion, some things that go out, some things that go in, and um, I think, for example, Many people don't see it, but the, you know, the identity of Israel, Israeli, and the identity of the Jews are actually, most of the time, are contradictory. Most of the time, they are 
completely not the same thing. In some ways, the identity of the Israeli was established in order to erase the identity of the Jew. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, in, because, I mean, it was like building the new Jew or in many ways. So there is a lot of, and I always feel that... Do you, do you think of, like, you know, Ben-Gurion and, and Golda Meir in that way, or, or is... Well, they were, they were most, you know, <coughs> they were... Sameh Zawabi is coming to say Zawabi, Charafna. We're recording, you can say hi. <laughs> I, said, I said we'd have a live recording. Oh, here, you can say it if you want. You can say it, whatever. <laughs> so, uh... Wait, this was a good. This was a good thread, though. Yeah, um, like. I mean, uh, uh, Golda Meir or David Ben Gurion or the people who established, uh, you know, uh, like uh, the Israeli state. The Israeli state, yeah. in a lot of ways, are, of course, they were a perfect example of people that grew up as Jews, but part of their ideology was to move to another place and rebuild the identity of of the Jew. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, many different, uh, and and <laughs> it's not as if they all had the same idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and that's kind of maybe the way, maybe what brings us here is that no one ever agreed on yeah. what it should be. Yeah, because it's a live thing Still. which is beca- is in in dialogue. But I think with American Jews, a lot of time, I feel that there's sort of. Uh, it's also a very complex psychological relationship with the Israeli identity. Sure. Because the, there's some kind of, uh, I would say, even a fetishism, like a like fetishism of this Israeli who is a different kind of Jew. I mean, it's like, but for me, growing up in Israel is completely different, you know. Uh, it was given to me these identities and in a lot of times I feel much more connected to my Jewish identity than to my Israeli identity and there's some things which I you know come from the Israeli identity and some of my identity is just being someone who was born at the Middle East I mean under the sky hearing this music being inside of a discourse which is completely different than the a Jewish discourse, or uh, or the theoretical Israeli, uh, the, the the theory of what Israel should have been. Right. I'm I'm like, I'm like the product of what is there, <laughs> of the, yeah. of how it's like, you know, yeah. it's not what it's supposed to be. Uh, are we on? All right, I'm recording again. My battery died before, but hoping so, we got everything from before. If no, it's going to be a pity because we covered like everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were talking about identity and I was going to ask about the metaphor of siege, both for, you know, physical and, you know, ideological. Yeah, I I think that uh, one of the brilliant um, subversive things inside this book that is kind of mirroring this essence of siege is is something that mirrors and puts and puts its shades both both on the besieger and on the besieged i mean and that's like you know relevant for any 
discussion about walls and uh, you know and borders because people tend to forget that one once they build a wall you know seemingly to protect themselves from you know another they are basically closing themselves you know <laughs> and they're closing themselves of, of possibility of uh, of interaction and the possibility of something that can enlarge their identities because this this uh, obsession about protecting your identity the identity is always in a discourse it should be in a discourse it's that's how identities also survive is that they change you know <laughs> and uh, this uh, notion that you have to cling uh, to uh, um, You should cherish it you should you should know your history everything is okay but you always you have to be also in the in the dialogue with what's happening with the world if you don't want to freeze and you, you use you know specifically the word lockdown in let it be morning over and over, you know, yeah. repeatedly yeah is that conscious about you know given the obvious with covid and all of that right? yeah and i think also the film and the story you know it talks about lockdown in a lot of different aspects right. but in, in the let's say the political aspect is almost just the the outer uh, circle of things because it also talks about the lockdown that one puts over his heart the lockdown couples you know lock themselves in the lockdown of the family yeah yeah around themselves and their own and then uh, and then you know there's this division between them also which is what coupling is you know being in couples sometimes like you know you you start to build this little wall around yourself and then somehow there's another wall being built between you two and um This goes throughout the film. I mean, you could see that even when the the village is thrown under a lockdown, there it's immediately created also a division within the village itself. So another you know differentiation of class arises, and there's another metaphorical wall being built between. So uh, that's what I felt very strong about what drew me to the book was. This question of a lockdown on many levels of life the, 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 and that's why you know I hope it's relevant for people now today he almost fetishizes it in a way that the protagonist where he says you know when 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 out when he speaks openly about he says it was, it was amazing when he speaks of the mistress you know yeah he, he says you know how do you feel oh I felt amazing and to me I, I don't know if you feel the same but I felt it as almost the um, him saying you being Israeli not being Palestinian being a Jewish Israeli would be like he wants to be something that he's not and it feels I, I don't know if I would interpret it on you know this because the you know the hero is a Palestinian uh, Israeli meaning a Palestinian that holds an Israeli uh, citizenship and he has an affair with uh, I mean the We discover throughout the film that he has an affair with uh, an Israeli Jew uh, but he is now locked down in the village and he cannot you know uh, get to her and uh, 
And there's a mo moment, yeah, in the film when he speaks with his mom, as you said, and she asks, and he finally confessed to his mom for that he has an affair, and and suddenly his mom, who you know you would expect to be, I guess, strict and more, uh, she says like so with a little smile, so how how he was, you know, and he says, well, it was amazing. But doesn't this necessarily f says that you know he thinks that that's the way his life it sh it should be but you know there is when we talk about running away from yourself or one who's running away there's always also a pleasure in that yeah, yeah? we all have been just you know taking a ride in a train somewhere and you know being in a different city and you are you're finally you know you're off yourself and you can you can be the lover that you always dream to be you could be as you can just fulfill and it's there, you know, and it's it's it can it can make you happy for a while, and but there is always, you know, the, the decision and 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 the fact that you lose some of your three-dimensional existence once you cut off your past, you know, you cut off. So, you know, both things can exist together. That yes, it was heaven, but yet it wasn't. It wasn't complete. It wasn't full. It wasn't. I know that it, it, because he loves his wife. You know, it's very obvious. He has. So I, I, I think that it's it's basically both things. They, they, they live together, side by side. If we just look at them, you know. Yeah, and then there's the the brief glimpse. It, it kind of reminded me of Van's visit, where you have all these men. And there's sort of the underbelly. It's never really spoken of, but there's there's got to be there's there's just these inferences of, of homosexuality, and you say it sort of directly but indirectly in this film, where he makes the joke about the the bully, you know, the yeah. kind of, and his childhood relationship, yeah. and he makes the homosexual joke, and then takes it back, kind of. Yeah. But then he has that look on it. You know, you hold the camera on him, and yeah. it's like, but was he kidding? And I, I don't know. I yes. think that is like another face of the. You know, is he keeping that? Uh, siege as well. <laughs> I, I, and uh, you know, it's interesting because in, I took this one, it, it was in the book, this little story kind of mentioned there in another context, uh, but it was kind of presented with the same idea that, you know, it gave you a feeling that is this, is this what we're talking about or is this what it was kind of the edge. And um, I was try. I really liked it. I really liked uh and and not and for me not because it was saying oh it, uh, there is homosexuality there it's it's like a man's life or a woman's life or a human being life if we are it's consisted of s of so many small you know pictures and scenes uh, that 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 sometimes that got got you kind of where you are yeah. on, on this scale on this gradient of emotions of sexuality or, or, or whatever that's and uh, it was another you know picture there and so uh, it was another and I don't think the the importance is like okay does that mean that you know this guy is an homosexual or not no it means that he has another picture in his mind, in his emo in his emotional uh, painting, you know, uh, that puts him somewhere on this gradient, and that's 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 who he is, you know. That's it. That's uh, and 
that's why I really like this uh, part. <laughs> and his friend was completely closed off to it, which I think is indicative of a lot of the other things that his friend was closed off to. That was kind of his downfall. You know, um, I don't. Uh, uh, the what's it, the taxi driver friend? Oh. I forget the character's name. Abid. Yeah, I won't spoil what happens yeah. to him, but uh, it doesn't yeah. doesn't go doesn't. great for him. But um, I'm I'm like. <laughs> I mean, this thing with spoiling a film, because I'm a bit like, uh, I'm almost 50 years old, so I, I kind of lived before uh, this term. Before it mattered. <laughs> before it mattered. <laughs> before it became this kind of thing about spoiling, and and it's m on my own real personal deep belief that you can never spoil a good piece of art. Sure. Uh, it's not about, you know, you know, uh, at the end, uh, people out there, I can tell you that, you know, at the end of Godfather, <laughs> uh, Michael <laughs> is becoming the next Godfather, <laughs> even though he's not, doesn't seem, you know, it's like, I it's could say. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, it's, and if you're really honest about it, it doesn't even, if, anything it makes those work stronger because you know they are about a certain kind of fate it's not about surprising anyone it's not about uh, so this whole term I mean I'm, I'm deviating here a bit from oh, yeah, our yeah. but, uh, but this whole term is this modern term that um, I mean like people you no, know I, I let go he gets shot by the by the guard, the sort of incompetent yeah. and guard wakes up and, and kills him. Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't think it matters, you know, if you knew that going in or not. Well, so this is an adaptation. And yeah. so have you spoken to, you know, audiences who have read the book before versus those who have, you know, has there been any kind of reception like that? Uh, yeah. Yes, there was, uh, of course, uh, people comparing and people asking me for my uh, things that I change or I say. You know, I would say at the end of the day, and I really like the book, and I recommend everyone who's listening to this to read the book also. Um, in in some ways, it's against. I don't see my work as you know taking a book and putting it on film. It's like uh, the book exists already. Uh, if you want the experience of the book, you have to read the book. When I come as a film director, I come. At the end of the day, I make a dialogue with the book. I, 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 it's, it's me reading it, me seeing what hits my heart, what doesn't hit my heart as a, you know strongly. It's my interpretation, and it's my, um, and I, I decided at a very early stage that you know I would allow myself to do anything I want with the plot or with you know the details, as long as I'm like faithful to the, as long as I'm faithful to the spirit of the book, which. Which was, I think sometimes you can be very accurate on details and miss the, the, the truth. And sometimes you can be, you know, not loyal to any of the details, but get the truth of it. It's, it's uh, for example, what I, you asked about before, this moment about homosexuality, which is in the book, for example, exists as, as a ki some kind of a, ba uh, a story that suddenly, you know, he tells a backstory. It's like a flashback of something, you know, so... And I didn't think, you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't fit it in as is in the in the scenario. But what I could was kind of take this element and put it in somewhere else where someone would say it, and you know, it resonant. So that's 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 the work, and um, 
that's my answer to questions, you know, and uh, or like why have I to, did this or that. At the end of the day, it's because I felt like it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I felt that that will help me to express uh, something which I find important in the book to express right. and, and put out. Um, so, um, you know, uh, that's it. But uh, people have uh, like questions about it. And the book came to you, the author contacted you, right? Yes, it was uh, Karen Michael, the film producer. She called me and said, uh, Asayed uh, and her, they want to meet me. I, I went and you know uh, met with them. That's also a part when you know sometimes they ask me uh, so how it was being a, a Jewish uh, uh, author to adapt a Palestinian author and yeah. taking mind all the you know the in identity discourse and you know uh, who is allowed who's can do a story about who. So at the end of the day, for me, when I, you know, I measured, of course, before taking this thing, you know, I was thinking about it, but I, I think once, once an, a Palestinian author sought thought from some reason in his his world, you know, that it would be me uh, appropriate to make this film, then that's what where my loyalties you know I mean people can look at it from a lot of different direction but if he, if he thought that this can work out then I have to figure out back why it can work out really sure. you know and this is where we meet this is where is our dialogue meets and it ref and it's reflecting this specific dialogue you know it's uh, and you know, for me, I thought it was a very beautiful thing, so it drew me up very much. Drew me in. Drew I take this uh, sort of idea of like the silent observer as you, like your protagonist kind of floats through. He's not, not quite passive, rather, you know, definitely on the passive side, but very much on the observational side. Is that, you know, is that your. Or was that is that the book or is that you is that is that you inflecting yourself upon it? Yeah, well, in the book, his uh, his profession is journalism. So, a journalist is like uh, someone who is uh, his job is to observe from the side things. You know, uh, when I made the book, uh, when I did the adaptation, I'm not a, I'm not. A, a journalist, so I didn't feel close to this profession. So I thought I make this, I make this profession something more abstract, more like you know, high tech guy sure. or something like, which is more. Um, I just lost my train of thought for a second. Um, about sort of him, the character as like a silent observer. Yeah. yeah. So when I did the adaptation, so I wasn't feeling very close to the. I I, I decided to change the profession. <coughs> But what I did was take this observation, observation, observational, observational tendency to his character. You know, so this is who he is. It doesn't matter what profession he, he, he has. Like a journalist, yeah, yeah, he would. He is looking at things. He's noting himself. Things. He's not. He's not necessarily confronting. You know, things. I mean, it, it, tonally, it reminded me of, of your previous work. So I guess that is a way that you know you brought these characters in. That these are people who are 
things are happening to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I watched band, Bands Visit a couple yeah. days ago, and, you know, those people, things happen to them. They are yeah. not active. They are, you know, mm-hmm. they are waiting. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like... Uh, Yes, yeah, that's yeah. He gets blocked. You know, yeah. he has to go back. The you know, every, everyone is assertive around yeah. him. He doesn't really assert himself. Like, it's always like there's this classic notion that the film is about, you know, the, the active hero. <laughs> it's, it's quite surprising because because most of the time, most of us are just. Things happen to us, and we try somehow to <laughs> survive, you know, and and we try most of the time to maintain our lives, just to maintain that they are okay. Those uh, most of us are not kings that you know decide to go and conquer Ukraine one day just because we feel like well, it. Well, there's that character mm. in this movie that kind of represents the, the, the type of person who would conquer the Ukraine. I forget the character's name, but the guy who like comes with the guns and he kind of runs the town and he wants the siege to continue and whatever that yeah. guy's name is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wonder if he's... Because he's, he's more... He's ca- bunch, yeah, he's a kind of the collaborator also. Right. The one who's like just taking advantage of a certain situation yeah. in... You know, the two, and, and he also, you know, there's a lot of things about class because at the end of the day, he also does it because he wants to move class somehow, you know? He wants to go up. And to go up yeah. uh, class-wise. Um, yeah. <laughs> you talked about sort of the metaphors of siege and lockdown, and you also have the metaphor of or both literal and metaphorical protest. You talk about the nature of protest yeah. in this film. Uh, is that another thing that is topical to you? Because when you use the word lockdown in this film, of course, yeah. it's going to ring alarm bells for us. Yeah. And protest as well. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, I am concerned with these questions of what can be done and, yeah. what can, and what can really work and what doesn't work and how... Uh, just you know like a couple of days ago we have now this the new right-wing government in Israel uh, and like coming down uh, on the uh, what's left of the leftist population <laughs> it's like which, which is not they are just coming down on us now like a bunch of I don't know so um, with the cinema it was like this uh, one of the funds in Israel which you know, I think because of connection to the regime, somehow decided that it, it would sign like artists if you want to make a film on this kind of loyalty form or some, you know, some Propaganda. kind of, you know, I will obey the laws of my country, some oh, kind wow. of thing, <laughs> okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> and I mean, that's propaganda. Right? That, that's, yeah, it's like, uh, and it's like, you know, it's like how fascism work in a way that, you know, uh, they, they do it in a very undercurrent way because they're telling you just sign that you're a law-abiding citizen, you know, yeah. and you go like, yeah, but everybody got to respect the law. I mean, t- uh, why are you, why are you signing me? <laughs> this about you know what? What are you trying to tell me? Oh, you're trying to tell me that I'm pro-left and I'm like uh, inclined to do some crimes or and you want to remind me uh, what's this about yeah. <coughs> so 
you know, a friend of mine, like a few other directors, Israeli, they started gathering and saying, like, we need to do something. We need to. And the friend called me, and and I really, I was at the time like I was sick of those political uh, struggling because I was yeah. just like, come on, I'm, 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 I'm. Just make <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 50 years old. It's, it's, it's not changing. If if anything is changing for the bad all the time, I'm like. <laughs> how much time I was like in this but he told me again you know come on we need to do something so I found myself you know jumping in um, again and and it was like in the film it was starting to call up people and say hey we want to say we're not gonna apply to this establishment you know as long as this thing happened you know and everybody should say oh, we're not gonna and it was like in the film because people are, you know, they they need the money, they and and you know, there's there's the, there's it's like always it's trapped, there's yeah. the people that would tell you why they have problem with it because it's not enough, and there would be people that you know would say we have problem with it because you know what will happen is they would just give it to other people and we'll get fired. So it was all this dynamic of. Like in the film, like let's make make a protest, let's make something. Though the same dynamic went there. Uh, this in the film, it's a siege. Uh, in this case, okay, it's not a siege, but it's still something that you know affects people livelihood, affects people life very directly. It's putting yourself, yeah, and it's something, and it's, and you have to put yourself out there. You either sign, and then you might have problem with this establishment, and you know you might not get money. You might, you know. You have to be direct, or so it's it's a hard decision. Uh, so I was finding myself <laughs> doing, but you know, then it was quite successful. We got like yeah, almost the film was supported. Yeah, no, the film, the f this specific film was uh, authorized before the, this. Uh, what's happening now? So nobody had to sign anything yet, you know. Okay. So what's the process exactly now? Because, I mean, you know this, in the United States, we everything is privately funded. We don't have, you know... Yeah, which is, yeah, like I tell you, no, for, in America, sometimes they feel like when they hear public money, they think that this is like government, uh, this is propaganda money. But it's yeah. actually the private money, the government money, the public funds, yeah. which is the way the cinema works throughout the world, which is not the U.S. I mean, in Europe, Germany, it's all, they have public funds for film. Those funds were actually much more freer than, for example, private money in the U.S., which is subjected to the question of money only. So, yeah. So, so there's no, you know, there's no freedom of speech actually, because the freedom of speech is actually constrained by what is capitalist. <laughs> And so f public funds in 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 Europe were, uh, you know, place which was trying to put the money out for artistic purposes, chosen by the art the artist, you know, the films, and you know it wasn't. But lately, more and more, the politicians want to gain control over over the, these funds and manipulate them. And, and take away their independence because they were kind of independence establishment that would you know treat culture in an independent way you know uh, there's a push now to, uh, against these establishments and we are in the, in the midst of the transition we are fighting against it 
sometimes we win, you know, like sometimes they uh, now they they wanted to close the public uh, broadcasting association, which is a very good public broadcasting association that plays really all kinds of films and documentaries from various points of views, not, you know, necessarily very and, and a good public channel. And the new government, as soon as they came in, they said, we're going gonna to close this channel. And now also we had really the f- television exports are massive you know, the intellectual <coughs> yeah. property is some of the biggest shows on yeah but uh, adaptations of israeli shows yeah. sorry that's the coffee yes it's quite amazing that that there was this in uh, flourishing industry that really is rooted by rooted in the public uh, uh, public uh, television association. This is where some of those great dramas grew. This is the, the one who... Uh, uh, a lot of the drama you hear about yeah, here. Homeland, yeah. uh, the one so the Homeland specifically was made, was yeah. made by, a, by, a, by a private uh, television company specifically. But anyway, the public one is, is, you know, is a big... Uh, It's, the public one is a big and, uh, and influential and very good, so they decided to close it. So we were fighting, we were fighting ag- against it, where there were protests, and now they decided to freeze the plan. So I'm saying it's in the process of, you know, there is, there is this government, it's, it's try, it tries to take the public to a very dark place. I think, I hope, the public starts to understand what's going to be the result if they continue walking that path. And I hope, you know, this uh, polemic will change something for the good. So what's the, do you have an idea of like, what's the process around your next film? (laughs) As the coffee maker turns on again. (laughs) You ask about my next film and the steam came out because it was like yeah, the status of my brain. My next film. I'm working on a TV series now. It's a German-Israeli co-production made by with the Israeli Broadcasting Association, uh, public uh, association, and uh, I really like it. It's like a quirky uh, investigation tale, but which is funny a bit like i would hope the you know the 70s detective films like right. uh, the long goodbye uh, or saying, uh, like, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's kind of an, a psychedelic adventure and uh, investigation and it's it's funny it's interesting i li- really looking forward to doing it what's when's that going to be coming i hope i'm gonna shoot at the winter also soon yeah well, Exciting. Yeah. So go, go back to, um, he premiered in a certain regard in Cannes. Yeah. And that was like a, you know, a chaotic experience for you. But outside of the actual, like, you know, the, the contrast of the glitz and glamour versus the actual reality of yeah. sleeping on floors and stuff, where, where do you see the film festival model fitting into your, your career and your life as a filmmaker? I mean... Uh, festivals were, you know, big part of my life because that's where the films that I can uh, could do would normally pr- are normally premiering, and that's how they get attention. And 
that's how it gets this kind of film gets distributed in the US for example because you know the distributor they've seen it or heard about it in Cannes Is that how Cohen gets uh, and and uh, yeah they heard about the film and then they've seen it and liked it and now they're really doing a great job with it here um, but it's very obvious that again the world is changing and and what used to be cinema specifically is has to be redefined somehow into a new and the model of the festival is has to be changed also in to fit into this new world because uh, but uh, you know it's it's happening what do you think that that needs to be what do you think is lacking what do you think is missing you know it's well, when I, when I look on Arthur's film, when I was growing up, uh, Arthur's film were other in cinema and they were an important part of, of the discourse. I mean, growing up in, in Israel, when I was 16 or 17, everybody in my class saw uh, Hal Hartley, um, Trust, for example, which is still one of my you know favorite. Hal? I know him, I met him once, he's a gra uh, you know, he's great... I, I know he lives in New York, I met him once in the festival in Munich. I'm going to text him right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell him we're talking about him. I love Hal. Well, maybe if we can... You, you know him personally? Yeah, I'm texting him right now. I wonder, if, uh, I wonder if he would be able to come and meet, because I was just thinking about trust so much lately, and I really feel like I wanted to speak to him. <laughs> I will, I'm, I'm dead serious, I'm going to connect you guys, I'm texting him right now, he's the greatest, he lives uptown, he lives on the Upper West Side. Yeah, I wonder if he will be able to come. Trust is, that's so cool that you, and that's your one, trust is the best. Yeah, trust is amazing, so anyway, I mean if you wanted to be just a cool guy to speak to, uh, girl, I mean that was like, that was like a thing, this film, you know, yeah. it played within reality in many different layers and it wasn't just so narrowed to um, to this, yeah, it was a good film or good actors or no, it was like, and in somehow I think the, the, the status of the artist film disappeared and it's disappeared to a certain disconnection with the audience at the end of some way or like something and festivals were part of this and reality was part of it you know and I see and, in the, and there is a need for that so people are I see a, a youth and they're speaking about this uh, television cinema uh, series and then that television series and how this is great and this is but I'm sorry to say there was no television. I think there were good stuff out there, but it's not Hal Hartley's trust. It's it's not there. It doesn't have this. It doesn't speak as concise and and straight to your. Structure of trust is incredible. incredible. It's incredible. The syntax of the film is incredible syntax, and you wouldn't be able to. It's just like it's so precise. It's so it, like I, I've I've rewatched it to just watch like it, it's it was broken up into thirds. Like the act structure of trust yeah. is insanely. It, it's no, it's, it's so amazing. Perfect. It's it's oh. the syntax. It's like 
And you know, when I watched it again just a couple of days ago, I, I realized it came back to me how, when I watched it, how much this film has influenced my films. Oh, Actually, wow. Yes, because those moments when, when someone just speaks a monologue, which yeah. is, he is completely inside of himself, you yeah. know, and he just says the monologue and, and he speaks the things as they are, sometimes a very horrible story or like, uh, but, but it's out there and it's like staged and it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't go vulgarly to your to your heart, you know. Just like, no, it gives you this little distance to to feel its heart fall, but yet, you know, let you have a real compassion or a real look at things. And it was a great influence. Uh, this film was was. I, I mean, I, I remembered, I always liked it, but watching it again, like a couple of days ago, I said, that's like shaped me. It's <laughs> so cool to hear, wow. He's, he's one of my favorites. He's amazing. They did a retrospective for him a few years ago, but like, we need another one. Yeah, we, we like a post-pandemic. We, there was one in, yeah. there was one in uh, Israel. Uh, oh, I, really? I couldn't be there, but uh, there was one. Did he come for it? Yeah, he came. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a special one like and he, he's got ideas you know i talked to him recently um you know he did that tv show that on amazon which mm. which was good for him but like i want to find the right movie I, you know i want more movies from him the thing is he's not going to do the you know the cheap things anymore like he's you know he's sort of been he wants to work with the actors all come for him you know but he needs he needs budgets and the thing with yeah. art house cinema like you described you know it's it's important yeah it's it, become yeah it's but really tough. but yeah and uh, we were talking from festivals from that so again to find those films that are relevant and somehow walked within reality and are the zeitgeist and are and that the system i was i think the system of filmmaking was I mean, how a film like that happened, like trust, there were yeah. people that were allowed to take a certain kind of risk mm -hmm. at a certain point, or they allow themselves. And there was payoff for that and, and there was a payoff for yeah. that. And we are now in a very protected commercial. So uh, I, I believe there's some solution, but these are the thoughts that festivals should take. So whatever, this is, because that's, that's the, where the art house film can exist. When it's how do we build the next, you know, how do we build a Hal Hartley today? <laughs> We don't have to build. He's yeah. he's there, and uh, the, uh, the, or I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, Hal made that movie when he was in his, you know, in his youth, in his twenties, yeah. and like, how do we support? How do we engender that human being, that the, that 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 man or woman, or you know, that person who's out there? Well, I don't know. It just comes to my mind now, but it's not probably not the case. But but. What I see in television, for example, uh, I think it's due, it's like I would like to say that like don't you know when I read like critics, I want to say, don't believe those people that a good film is like this film that grips you. Uh -huh. And take you, <laughs> and what and Lee and you, and 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 well, then the critics uh, have to be so over dramatic and, and, now. And no, but this is like, but, but look at the bigger discourse. And then every film you watch Netflix, I mean, you open it, and everything is like you've never seen anything like this in your whole yeah. life, and that's good. Yeah. 
And the Hal Hartley films exist at the opposite territory of of this, you know? It's what where, you know, you have to listen to it and you know it, it may it may it may walk a certain distance along your side. It may be like a friend for you this film, you know. It's not so this is how people can get this the understanding of because people need to know also how to look at it and what are they looking for in, in cinema in some ways and so that's a thought <laughs> you know, as you were talking about that I think um, we're, we're recording a couple hours after Jafar Panahi got released from jail oh thank god he's one of my he's one of my favorite directors ever, Jafar, uh, his film Crimson Gold, uh, I think that's his second or third, is really one of the biggest masterpieces I, I've seen. And I never met Jafar, uh, but he touched my life so, you know, deeply and uh, I like, you know, I think it, I could learn so much things about cinema watching Jafar Panahi's work. I'm really happy to hear that it was re he was released, and you know, I, all, I really wish him all the best from the <laughs> bottom of my heart. What, what do you think of? Um, I don't know. I think of I think of him as you know he is this observational character on his society, you know, and and your your works kind of recreate you know a different version of that. He's a more vocal observational character but you have the silent observation. Yeah. I don't know, do, do you digest that in any like his his work on the Middle East? Well, you know, but uh, I don't want to confine Jafar and I the same way as I wouldn't want to confine myself or you know to be talked about only by the political aspect of uh, uh, you know the work I love Jafar Panay first of all for his cinema, you know. Crimson Gold, which has a like opens in a bank scene, a bank robbery scene, which is all shot in one shot, a beautiful one shot, and it's so and you know like depicts the all of the despair of the, the world almost in, in one continuous shot, which is an action shot. It's a bank robbery, but it's a kind of bank robbery you've never seen this way. It's it's so you know that that would be my first of all to say wh where do I meet Jafar Panahi and not about necessarily you know the Middle Eastern thing or something like that. It's like also the perception of just what is cinema. Yeah, yeah. he did a good job yeah. framing compositions. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, Hal texted back. He said, he sends his regards. I said, you want to meet him? So <laughs> I'm going to try and connect you guys. But he's texting and saying, keep warm and best to you on the premiere. Um, you mentioned earlier about Cohen Media, about yeah. distribution. And, you know, I'm very interested. I'm personally very invested in, like, what what does a filmmaker look for from a distributor today? I think uh, really all I, I was hoping from Coin Media actually realize, and that's first of all having like people that believe in the film, that they take it, uh, and and you know that they, they don't just look on the just the statistical numbers trying to be safe, but 
trying to take things forward, trying to put forward a certain taste and, uh, you know, uh, really, and them just taking the film here, releasing it in, uh, in cinemas, bringing me here to, to meet the crowd. That's, that's like, uh, you know, what I, I expect from the distribution. Culture. The, yeah, culture, and they did a great job on it. Yeah. <coughs> I wanted to let's see what else do I want <laughs> I had like a I have a checklist I'm seeing if there's any I think we really covered yeah. covered the world we got oh I wanted to ask about the music yeah you have major you have Dead Weather and Sia in there yeah <laughs> you license those right like, yeah of course you I cannot mean, use them like, in a film unless I mean, you license them it's yeah. like uh, <laughs> they're big songs I mean that's cool yeah. your supervisor got them yes yeah. Well, it helps the fact that this is a really poor film from the Middle so the, East. But, that, but they don't have to care. You know? No, they don't have to care. But, you know, uh, I guess the production found a way to, right to, person, yeah. to the right person and say, hey, you know, we don't have like buckets of money. Yeah. We make it, you but know, uh, yeah, and it's not for uh, any real commercial. No one, it's, it's like for... Uh, a cultural uh, mostly purpose which is which is i think good you know heart and and good even uh, political like good good standing within reality so you know i feel like Alison Mosshart would appreciate the the, the um <laughs> wife and the mother-in-law yeah, dancing, dancing. Kind of like a buffalo <laughs> i feel like she would she would watch that and appreciate yeah. it uh, well i hope I hope she gets to yeah. see it. Uh, <laughs> it was it was the idea of Juna who plays uh, Mira, because cool. I wanted her I, I wanted her to dance something, and you know if you've seen the film you've seen Juna she's like fire she's yeah. like, uh, and I suggested some some you know no, more you know more kind of my kind of mushy. Uh, <laughs> pop songs and but she but Juna said no. Uh, she said, "What do you want to dance to?" She said, "She said Dead Weather." Cool. <laughs> I, I was at that. Shop. I'm, I'm from here, so I was at those shows like yeah. at clubs, not at venues at like nightclubs. Yeah. I was at the original like yeah. the early days of Dead Weather and, and White Stripes, but um, and, and Hills, all of them. But, wow. Um, I was at their first shows in like when they, they did because they did it like for friends first. Yeah. They were like testing it out, and it was so cool. It was, so, it was sexy, like, like, yeah. like what she knew. But what you know, I just love the mothers, um, you know, because I, I I also love Bollywood and like <laughs> I love dancing the yeah. way that they dance and her hand gesture. I, yeah, you, know, you have to watch the film. You're only listening to this, but um, you know the way she does the Middle Eastern kind yeah. of like style to the. You know, yeah, that because rock, also like, when we were walking the, on the choreography of this uh, dance with Juna, yeah. at a certain point we got to the understanding that there has to be some sort of process in her dancing because she, she opens a very, the music is very western, you know, it's like, uh, as you said, dead weather and it's punk, it's, it's, it's raw. Yeah. And, and she just, she starts to dance just to get an energy back and, but when she sees her, his mother and there's, it's like a dialogue, she, she started, she's suddenly changed her movement to a, like a more oriental uh, soft movement and, and it works with the music also oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's kind That's of to so say cool. that again this thing is identity is not being so strict or anything, the same kind of entity can encompass the two uh, situations, the same kind of music can go both ways, you know, it's not... 
it doesn't belong necessarily to the West. This song, I can, I can, you know, take it and do things with that, with this also, and that's that's the dialogue, you know. So this is how this moment came to be. <laughs> I, I loved that moment a lot. So thank you. Anyway, I'm so happy to be able to do this with you, and uh, we can have another tea, and then we're gonna go do this with the audience. So great, uh, that's great. Hope, hope you guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to. We, we'll come watch the movie, and if you're not, you know, if you haven't already seen it, it's playing a quad. And watch all the other ones. They'll be on, you know, restorations online. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Thanks for you, Sean, around. for having me. And uh, I hope the audience comes to see the film. And awesome. Peace and love. And say hi to Hal. <laughs> yeah.